but here he was confronted with a thing of moment. It had suddenly appeared to him that perhaps in a battle he might run. He was forced to admit that as far as war was concerned he knew nothing of himself. I am young. Yet I know nothing of life but despair, death, fear and fatuous superficiality cast over an abyss of sorrow. I am very fun at parties. Hello, and welcome to The Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we will be going and are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. The deepest, spaciest of the nines. And the spaciest of all the nines and all the Star Treks. And yes, my name is Wade Bowen. With me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, fellas. And Hugh Crawford. Hello, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, gals. Hello. (laughs) And yes, we are talking about... An episode tonight called The Red Badge of... Cur- I mean, shit, no, that's not it. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Nor... For whom the bell... Not for whom the bell tolls. Uh, um, uh, encounter on a bridge. It's called Nor the Battle to the Strong. <laughs> yes, thanks. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes, it is right. episode five. Episode four of season five. It originally aired on October 21st, 1986. And uh, this is what IMDb calls it. It says, Jake, reporting from the front lines... Comma, sees what war truly is. Period. That's it. Jake f- reported from front lines sees what war truly is. Yeah. This well, episode, yeah. Jake realizes that we're all meat and uh, nothing really matters. Is basically <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like I was like, oh yeah, it's a Jake episode. Oh, the muse. Oh, that was a great one. But nope, this one is okay, pretty good. For a little bit of perspective on Jake, he, uh, even though he's listed as a cast regular, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, he only actually appears in 85 episodes of like the 173. And to put that in perspective, Morn shows up in 95 episodes. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Those uh, child labor laws are really... Uh, yeah. Because he's yeah. got billing... Oh, yeah. On the credits, yeah. And, oh, yeah, he gets billing. And he has so. memorable... There are memorable... I mean, the worst episode of Deep Space Nine is a Jake episode. <laughs> yeah, that's and, and one um, of the best. And <laughs> yeah. one of the best, The Visitor, is, yeah, is yeah. one of the best, is a Jake episode. And now we have one that's probably somewhere in the middle of the two. Uh, maybe closer to The Visitor than than the other than end the of the years, spectrum. Yeah. But, <laughs> that's, that's uh, a, right off the bat, what did you guys... Did you guys like this episode? This is a... This is a personal wheelhouse kind of episode for me. Like I can get like that maybe this isn't everybody's sort of thing, but this is this is the kind of shit I this is the kind of story I read for pleasure. These kinds yeah. of things. I, so I Did you guys know that war is hell before this episode? <laughs> no, I didn't. And and now I do. This, is this how you guys learned that war is hell? <laughs> I really learned a lot. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where it's like uh I clapped when I saw it. That was the thing. It's like some people like the Millennium Falcon. I like a war is hell message that flies <laughs> over it. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. this is probably in my wheelhouse to to a certain degree. Although I do feel like this is it was above the pay grade of some of the principal 
players, maybe. I don't know. I Like your wheelhouse, there's an awful lot of Bashir in this one. I wouldn't count that in your wheelhouse, Hugh no, Crawford. I, he was fine. Yeah. I mean, he no, didn't want to go save a bunch of people because he had uh, he a, had the boss's a, a, a kid civilian on. Yeah, he had the boss's. So that's kind of shitty. I mean, that's not exactly. He's not going to win a humanitarian of the ward. But on the other hand, yeah, but I, I from, a, from a personal flaw, I totally like sort of like get that. It's like they killed the boss's son. Uh, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I actually think the scene where they're both exasperated in the cave and Jake uh, yells at someone at the like the laundromat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like the scene that Rashiel takes him to the side and and I I actually think that may be Alexander Siddiq's best acting performance to date. It's it's pretty good. It was pretty powerful and yeah. like he's yeah. you know and he's just like leave me alone. And he's like whatever. Yeah. Like he looked. He conveyed things. Like tiredness, like exasperation, yeah. right? Like right. Uh, the things that Bashir usually indicates instead of encompasses or becomes. He did a pretty good job of like. Yeah. Who directed this episode? I saw Renee Echevarria wrote it. I wrote it. Uh, Bryce Stone, no, uh, Kim Kim Friedman. Oh, Kim Friedman. Uh, okay. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I like. She's the one that did uh, the it, ship, and it took place in one of your favorite. One of your favorite sets, the famous Star Trek caves. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got you got Star Trek caves, and you got uh, Los Angeles adjacent quarries. <laughs> That's right. You got them both, baby. You got all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, Robert Hewitt Wolf said on Twitter, one thing you need for a good TV show is a good cave set. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm bastardizing with statements, but yeah, it's something like that. You do. Yeah. It is. It's a must for a lot of a lot of good Star Trek stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and it is. I didn't look into it, but. The writers have acknowledged that it is just Red Badge of Courage, right? Well, it's Red Badge of Courage with the running away, but it's also uh, All's Quiet on the Western Front with the gruff, gruff asshole in like the pit. Oh, yeah. And then I guess it's based on, and I'm trying to remember what the fuck the book, Farewell to Arms? I think it's Farewell to Arms, which is about Hemingway as a World War One war correspondent. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was, a. I mean, I think that that was the putting him in the position of Hemingway in World War One was the impetus for writing this story. Uh, okay. And then, yeah. Oh, shit. It's the 100th episode of Deep Space Nine. Oh, damn. Yes, it is. That means it's that we've passed 100 episodes. Oh, yeah. Well, we've, we have. We we hit 100 a while ago, I guess, because of extra shit we did. But, yeah. Right. Mm. I didn't even. Damn. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. That was anticlimactic, yeah. reaching the 100 milestone. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm still mad that uh, last week's episode aired on my 17th birthday, and I didn't bring that up. Oh, wow. When we, I was listening to it, I was like, October 14th, 1996. If we thought about it, we could probably figure out what we were doing that night. Yeah. Well, I was not getting laid. I don't. I know that much. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was with you, James. <laughs> probably not getting laid, yeah. yeah well, yeah, you could, you could personally attest to that yourself. Yes. Uh, Wait, didn't get laid a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Me or Wade didn't get laid a lot yeah. in high school. Yeah. Hugh, on the other hand, yeah, <laughs> right. Well, this this episode is basically <laughs> nobody gets laid here either. Yeah, it's, <laughs> this is a heavy one. But actually, the gruff asshole uh, was one of my favorite parts of this. <laughs> yeah, I loved how that guy was at a ten with his performance. Yes, oh, that guy was, was awesome. Like, yeah, he had it dialed up. I've never seen like I've never seen a dying guy have so much energy. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we can uh, start going through the episode, I guess. He doesn't start off as a war correspondent. He's just writing a... Puff piece. 
He's just there to write a puff piece about Dr. Bashir, right. who's talking about all this shit he doesn't give a sh- damn about. Like, prion replication is inhibited by inhibited by quantum resonance effects. They think that stuff's going to... And, and then they have Jake's voiceover. is like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Oh, Which, yeah. Can we talk about the, D- the Dune uh, thought narration? Uh, I thought it worked well enough in this, better than it does in Dune. Yeah, I guess that <laughs> but, you're, it's not supposed to be necessarily in the moment, or is it? Or is it the text from the story he does write? Oh. I couldn't tell, Like, but it seemed like it was minute by minute. Yeah. So I couldn't tell if it was thoughts or nar- or like written narration. I thought it was more like notes for a story. Yeah. So it works like... Yeah. Later on, it's definitely his story, but like the beginning, it felt like his thoughts. Yeah. But I did get the feeling there was times where it felt like maybe they were playing the tape on set and Jake on set was having to like nod his head in like <laughs> like sort of a bit of business like to to in, in like in time to the and so that I thought that was a little dumb dumb but nonetheless <laughs> like all right this is where I'm going to stroke my chin yes <laughs> I put the into the pencil in my mouth of this part yeah <laughs> And that that seemed a little bit goofball to me. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna not say a lot of negative things about this. I'll say negative stuff about that. I got it done without <laughs> some of that. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, "Oh, this guy's so boring. I wish I wish we w- had an outbreak of Cartalian fever, even though that's a dick move." But then he gets his wish. There's a Klingon attack on the Federation colony on Agilon Prime. The ceasefire hasn't taken a hold yet. Yeah. At the beginning of this season, we were like, oh, and then they just solved the Klingon war with the uh, mm. secret Klingon stuff. But it takes a little time to, it takes a little to bit get of around. Time. Yeah. It takes, well, till the end of this episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was my favorite part. <laughs> Wake up, Jake. None of this was important. <laughs> yeah. Which I think it oh, it's works great. pretty it's absolutely amazing. I like, like that's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. There's this Klingon attack. And then Bashir, like we said, is like, I can't take the boss's kid to this. I'll, I'll be in deep shit. Mm-hmm. And then Jake is like, seriously, no, we have to go because. It'll be an interesting story, basically, and a lot more. And so yeah. They do. Oh, and Bashir is like, you're too young to die. And then Jake's, I'm 18. Yes. <laughs> Lines form on my face and hands. I do <laughs> like that in the future, there is still thriving thriving journalism. Mm-hmm. So, like, journalism has, like, a yes, research. Yes, uh, Jake doesn't know it, but he's about to be replaced by video. He, he yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're about to pivot the video. Yeah, they're gonna re. I guess at some point they re-pivot back to print, <laughs> right? But by the end of this, maybe they re re-pivot right. back to video. But, well, they'll no, they'll pivot back to print when they're just getting students that they don't have to pay anything. Eighteen-year-olds that didn't go to like <laughs> right. college, didn't yeah. go to whatever Auckland University of Auckland or yeah, whatever. The he blah was, blah blah school. Mm. He got most of his schooling from a botanist. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who do quit at the first chance to get the fuck out of there. There are some interesting plants, like the closest planet away, and she ditched that that whole school system folded. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, like, (laughs) what, I got a fucking bell? Fuck this shit. Uh, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, they're under fire. Uh, There's, like, one or two scenes back on... Well, no, there's some pretty good scenes back on the station, I guess. Hmm? They're making, but the decaf rectagena wasn't 
exactly one of them. It wasn't awful. But Look, I just don't want my son to be born with a caffeine habit. That's all. You're being ridiculous. That was, again, feeling their, feeling their quota of give, giving everyone a line. Yeah. That was one of those scenes. They have one of them in every episode now. Yeah. Where because they just because yeah. they're do, they're doing this right and they're focusing on pairs and th- like ones and two pairs and whatever. So they'll just be like people that, you know, don't talk, you know, that like there's no reason to have O'Brien yeah, yeah. in this episode. You know, I, but we actually had a, a moment in one of those scenes that got me thinking. Uh, we have this great moment where Cisco interrupts the Ractuccino mm-hmm. conversation and says, you know, uh, Jake and Bashir or in trouble, blah blah blah, exposition, exposition, and <laughs> right. and uh, uh, Farragut will be there the day after tomorrow. It's it's fine, sure. And Cisco's visibly upset about it. Oh yeah, yeah. and Dak says that's not enough time to go through Jake's stuff. Oh yeah, and I was like, that was such a wonder, and she delivered it. So it was such a wonderfully delivered line. They'll be home by Thursday. Doesn't give you much time to snoop through Jake's things. And it was like, you know, you don't see it coming, especially with the normal, like the, the tone of the room or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was wondering when exactly, what is the exact moment that Dax got funny? Right. Because it happened, it's happened slowly. Written to supposed to be, but she's, she wasn't able to pull it off before That's, or the lines weren't as good. Yeah. I don't know. Like That's kind of what, I, yeah. Cause there's some good, I mean like, and there's the wreck to Gino is awful, but, and you get a little bit of the O'Brien Kira dynamic from last episode. A little bit. Yeah. I was wondering if that faded away. No, it's still there. Yeah. And then Worf is an MRA about like, no, you should be able to tell her what to do. And Quark is. Uh, I know I'm usually a crit- I know I'm usually a, a critic of the capitalism analogies with the Frangies, but the Lacey. Yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, uh, like the way they were, that you're that, you're renting a womb, basically. You're renting a r- womb is very. Uh, I thought that was I thought that that hit its mark. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, Hugh. I mean, I think that probably at this point, fuck. Dax is the what, second, third most enjoyable person to have on the screen right now. Yes, that's that. That's that, I guess it's kind of what I was getting at. And it happened. It was like a real slow boil. So all of a sudden we've got a frog that's you know mm-hmm. boiled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's. Uh, I think that like, and I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think that it's them knowing how to write towards her. And them and her maybe maybe getting a little bit yeah you know she's been been in the majors a couple of years now and and she knows she knows how to you know she knows she knows what she's doing right and so she she's this valued member in the lineup and and I think that and this surpassed a lot of voice I just think because now she's playing it in a way where the weirdness of her the nature of her character of a trill which we've always talked about is such a fertile soil for a character is now that they they it's now there's a lot of synergy going on because even that scene later on where she's having this long conversation about all of the variations of maternal. Oh, right. Yeah. Paternal issues that she's had like that's now interesting. So that gets swept up into the vortex. So not only is she, she's a vibrant actress playing a well, fully realized character now. Plus there's a lot of interesting shit. Yes, because later on we get that wonderful scene where she's talking about her experience with her kid. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right, right, yeah. right, right. So yeah, do we I mean, we can skip over like Jake is having trouble dealing with Well, that and Odo fell down some stairs. We can't skip over that. Oh well well that's that's <laughs> true. In between Jake is having trouble dealing with like 
Bashir goes straight into triage and he's on top of his shit. Uh-huh. And then Jake is like, whoa, doesn't know what to do. He sees a little girl with the broken arm and he freaks out and he sees a dead body. Then he sees the defector, the guy with the, who shot himself with the phaser burn or whatever. And then when I learned when he was like, oh, that wasn't a war wound. He shot himself. I was like, oh, that's Red Badge of Courage. All right. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's a, I mean, oh, yeah. that whole. Yeah. One of the things that's always stuck to me is that I spent like a six months reading nothing but books about the Battle of Shiloh um, in the American Civil War. Right. And um, there's a moment where Grant sort of arrives onto the dot. The, the like the, the attack happened in the morning, and they got overran the Confederates. It was a surprise attack, and the Unions were like literally asleep, and their camps got run over, yeah. and the generals weren't on sight. And so there's all this stuff. But one of them, which is which was Grant, gets off the boat, and there's all of these people on the docks pushing to get on his boat, soldiers. And like they're trying to like shout them back to the front lines, and and at some point, Grant writes in his book in his autobiography, he's just like, their brains just shut down. There's no, you know, I'm I I, I had sympathy for them. Uh-huh. Like I'm not like everybody. All the other generals were like hitting them and punching them in the face and shit, trying to get them back in the front lines. And he's like, I got it. They were just like they're immobile. Like there's a part of the brain that hits certain people that, that it just shuts them down. Yeah. And it was that was that was really like sort of I don't know vivid to me. And then I think that like that kind of stuff. Right. I wrote a poem about the Battle of Shiloh in eighth grade, and my teacher told me that I couldn't have written it and that I was a plagiarist. And then I had to get my mom to come in and yell at her. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. She didn't like me. But yeah, yeah no, it, but that was something that I think, yes, like, and especially like they were Klingons and not Confederates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be even more scary. So, uh, <laughs> so right. yeah, so that, I, I liked everything about this stuff, but like that, that theme and I liked that, that, even that kind of stuff, that's the kind of stuff, let's tie it into another podcast we have, but that's the kind of stuff where it's like, even though the Federation has ideals, these human foibles or the psychology that can't be broken. Yeah. Yeah. And then it shows up in these sort of stories where, you know, later on, even Jake says like, like they went through all of this training. They've went through all of these rigorous, right. Yeah. yeah. Hundreds of hours of simulations. And yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. And it, and it breaks down. And even to the theme that later on that Cisco says to Jake, that's like, you know, that 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 happens on some level to every soldier. Right. Not yeah. Every, yeah. So good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So they then Jake has to be a nurse for a while and he's got his uh, scrubs made out of bath towels. Or yeah. Whatever. That really soaks up the blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I was like. Maybe don't make your scrubs that are that uh, absorbent. I don't know. Yeah, I learned about like wicking technology fibers. Yeah, in the future, <laughs> right? It just wicks it to the in- interior of the scrubs, and you know, <laughs> they were just coated in uh, blood in that like lunchroom scene. And I was like, "This is so gross!" Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, replicate new scrubs for you guys, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, and the Odo Odo is in the infirmary because he's not a Tarkalian condor and jumping off a balcony and shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, solids are, and then, but it, it segues in a like, oh, uh, Odo's a solid scene. It segues really well into like he's like, oh, you solids, you're so fragile, and he's like, oh shit, sorry to bring up your kid. <laughs> yeah, that it was <laughs> also know? had this theme where there was this sort of sub theme of like people distracting Cisco. Yeah. Or or Cisco seeking distraction because that was like tell me more like he was with Odo he's like yeah, ooh yeah. tell me about like because they described like some sort of Ocean's Eleven type situation two Uranians yeah. are like doing the gravimetric scanner to cheat at Dabo yeah ingenious go on so it was all about these the that Cisco his coping mechanism is to just like 
tourist other people's things and or fix coffee makers. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. And but then the whole th- yeah, I mean, and I was wondering how this scene played to uh, you know, like y'all are both fathers. Mm-hmm. Like the whole he's talking about like, "Oh man, you know, I still watch him sleep and and the Odo is like, "Man, I don't I don't ever want to deal with kids. That sounds horrible." Yeah. Like <laughs> the, the, Cisco does give the bullshit, "Oh, it's so rewarding." But and then we just drop it. Yeah. Oh, we go oh, we we go into great detail of how kids are fucking horrible. Right. And then someone goes, "Well, that's that doesn't have kids." He goes, "Well, I don't want anything to do with that." And they'll go, yeah, "No, they're so yeah. rewarding." And then you go, "How?" And you go, "Uh, you'll see." Like there's really like, yeah. It's like I and Odo's like I don't think that's for me. It's like well, well, (laughs) Well, I guess now that he's got like before it wasn't really an option for him, but now. Oh yeah, he could spread a seed now, can't he? Uh, Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah, that's a good question. I bet he shoot. I bet he's shooting blanks. Probably. Yeah, I bet he is too. He's like a mule. (laughs) They made me. They gave me a vasectomy. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only part of him that's. Stays good. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the whole like, oh, he's 18 now, right? It's like, oh man, come on. That, that, I still think, I don't know. How that, I'm not a father. I don't know. I don't have a, I don't have a kid. Uh, I know that, I, I know that as of right now, I want my kid out of my fucking house when he's 18, but I don't, I don't know if I want him to go to a Klingon front. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be some sort of happy medium. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I hope you guys can find yeah, that. I think so too. <laughs> he can go to Stanford and not, not to the Klingon front or something. So. And, the and Trump not, Wars. Yeah, not the Trump Wars. Yeah. Uh, they're, yeah. Where they're in their ninth year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, anyways. The Farragut, which was supposed to go... Also named for a Civil War naval general, by the way. Oh, there's a few of them. There's the uh, Tecumseh as well. Well, but he was an Indian. Mm-hmm. Well, later. That's right. Tecumseh Sherman is named after Tecumseh, the Native American. I assume it's named after Oh, him. okay. You're assuming or you know? Well, his name wasn't... I mean, it was a middle name. Oh. So... Okay. I, oh, well, you're, you're assuming the ship is named for the Native American. Yes. Hopefully. Yeah, that makes... I mean... That makes more sense. The General Sherman would be the, uh, but I mean Farragut was an actual naval. Yeah, he was, a, he was a badass. He was the Battle of Mobile Bay and all that. Well, his ship named after him got, got destroyed up. near the Lombada cluster. Yeah. The Lombada cluster. <laughs> so they're like, you know, Cisco doesn't waste any time. He's like, what? The Farragut got, got blowed up. To the Defiant, <laughs> which, I, which like. you know. I even like that was a little moment. God, how am I talking? She's in like five minutes of this episode. Why am I talking about tax so much? Like the look on her face in that scene, I really noticed too. Yeah, where she's like, yeah, that's exactly what you know. Like that's exactly what. Yeah, I knew you were going to do. Let's go. You know, I've already like I've already got it prepped or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not. No one's going to say. Wait a minute. Do you want to think about this? Like they're like, no. I mean, ooh, this is the sort of question that like maybe there was some. Is Dax getting more play now because none of visitors off the board? Oh, so maybe there's some like they can't send the pregnant woman to the front. <laughs> that and just in you know like she's been sitting down a lot on the show, so maybe not a visitor herself. You know, couldn't do the long hours that the show is known known for. Oh, maybe I mean, or maybe they they were being nice to her. Maybe they were being nice, but also I bet she was secretly <laughs> worried that she keeps losing lines to oh, yeah. to the yeah, only maybe. other girl on the show. So. It's true. Yeah, because heaven forbid they have two of them talk at the same time. Yeah, that, <laughs> this is TV here. Come on, man. What <laughs> the the Bechdel test was just now being coined in the pages of Dykes to watch out for. I believe. Oh yeah, that's probably around that time uh, in yeah. the nineties. Sometimes I don't know what time she did it, but uh, it was still. But yes, you just wanted to get away with saying Dykes on the TV. 
Yeah, hey, yeah, it's the name of the comic where the Bechdel test was coined. But yeah, uh, not, so where are we at? They go back to oh, and then everybody on Agila or the on back in the hospital. Every most everybody's way to cope with it is to make jokes and stuff, and like mm-hmm. they're in the replimat and Bashir's like cutting a steak with a lateral incision across the thigh. And then Jake is like, well, it has to throw up because yeah. cutting the He's new oh. here. <laughs> Whatever this. Yeah, right. It was like, oh. And then he's all embarrassed. And everybody's like, hey, don't worry about it. I did the same thing my first day. It's still a bit much. None of those kind of <laughs> gross. <laughs> Every, anybody, everybody knows that you don't talk nasty shit when you're trying, somebody's trying to eat. I don't care if, I don't where know. you're my at. Wife, it's still. Like, the nurses are pretty gross. Yeah. About that shit. But yeah, yeah. They they bring up the the guy who phasered his leg, and it was like, oh no, that guy's gonna get court martialed for sure. It's like mm-hmm. we learned that Bashir did some good doctoring down there. He did an aortal graft that he gets kudos, and he's like, well, I had the best OR nurse helping me out. He says to another doctor. Yeah. Well, I think that there is supposed <laughs> like, to be like a. I think there's supposed to be like a. Uh, like he's from on high, like he's like you know he's from like the Johns Hopkins, and they're in like a field hospital. So. Yeah, but she's a good doc. She's a doctor. She's not just an OR nurse. Oh, he wasn't talking about her. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was talking about the nar- nurse. Oh yeah, he was complimenting her to her attending physician. Yeah, or yeah. I I figured that's what it was yeah. at first. I thought he was calling her the nurse. I, I like, thought that too, and I was like, that was not. Yeah, that's not cool. But yeah, I think he was just complimenting the crew that she has. Uh, and Renee Shavari is. Wife is a nurse. I don't know why I know that. Oh right. So and her husband is a science officer on the the Tecumseh, mm-hmm. and the Rutledge are supposed to be coming to help them out. Did they get fucked? Did they get blowed up too? I'm not sure. I don't remember that either. I think they just can't get there before. They never okay, so say it's not one like it's either. not yeah. like a, it was just like a moment to make it like it was just a little coloring to add the to make the like the stakes. Right. So there wasn't the like a there wasn't like a hidden tragedy that you have to piece together on the way home or whatever. I don't think so. The Defiant was three days away. They say. Uh, I guess the Rutledge or the Tecumseh was maybe four or five. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, and that Captain Raymond, who and they mentioned that he's like, oh no, and Bashir's like, no, he'll keep your husband safe. He saw the Tecumseh through the Cardassian Wars. You know, he's not going to just get blowed up. He's I a love good that. Guy, you know, I mean, I know a, that. I know that there's a back end re- uh, explanation for this, but I love how like Alexander Sadig is like, what does he know? Like the bios of everybody, every captain of every fucking ship of a fleet. Like, yeah, right. That, that seemed a little much, but yeah, he had baseball cards. <laughs> that he was, that he <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's on, him and his him and his old med school friends play fa- fantasy Starfleet ship. Yeah, where yeah. you got to pick the best first officer, the best whatever, and they go up against. Yeah, so they talk about like the just the minutia of uh, terrestrial warfare in the twenty fourth century, like. The Klingons have scrambled all the, the transporters, and so, but so they have to get around using hoppers, hop, you know, ornithopters, ornithopters. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like all that stuff. I like that. The Klingons are trying to get even for Gamalda Four because they had to retreat. It's kind of like Vietnam. Yeah, you got the copters coming into hot yeah, LZ yeah, and yeah. trying to like, get people out and stuff. Right, I like right. that. I like that stuff too. When I like that in general about Deep Space Nine is that because. It wanted to get down and dirty with warfare, and it, you know that's basically what the rest of the show's about, guys. Yeah, yeah. But they use these sort of echoes of things that you you can remember, 
like Vietnam, and so there are these. Yeah, like a real world analog. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like a, it works like a shorthand, so you can like it deepens the world building aspect. Yeah, of it. and I think that that was probably that's generally like a bad sci-fi. That's generally a thing where it comes off a little antiseptic. You have to have a light touch with it. You can't press too much. Right. Yeah, they can't yeah, play credence, you, but you can have it as a. You don't want to drift into pure allegory you want it to be no it just needs to be like the sense memory of like that you know war is shitty no matter how pretty your starship is yeah yeah and so a lot of these sort of you know resource for you know like they're going to resources that's why they have a lot of these bases and it's it's pretty interesting like i i liked this episode was in my and so it's one of those things where I don't know if like I'm I'm grading it on a curve or not, but I was like the whole time I was I was like with this and I think it's because I not because I recognized everything, but like they were echoing like it didn't lose me. Right. Yeah. Like it you know, yeah, like because of like that that all of the sort of war things played out in a way that like, like in the way that I understand war situations. So. Right, but they, you know, and but they do a good job of the techno, you know, and it makes sense that they would scramble oh, yeah. the teleporters and you know the hoppers, and mm-hmm. then they blow, you know, they're they're they keep talking about like the medical staff are talking about like they're making jokes about it at the same time, but they're worried about when the Klingons mm-hmm. come, you know, are gonna come after, you know, yeah, come at them or whatever, and and. And so like the generator goes out and everybody, all the people are going to die in three hours. They can't get the generators are up. You know, they're going to have more casualties. And so Bashir decides that they're going to go to get the a generator out of a runabout that they came in, mm-hmm. which they've established why they couldn't just teleport from the runabout and did all that well enough. And that's where we get Jake has the next big part of his <laughs> he story. Is, uh, he is uh, all quiet on the rest or front story. Oh yeah. That's where yeah, he yeah. gets, that's where he was in the shit. Yeah, I was in the shit. He, got, yeah, he gets yeah. to meet some guy who's going to have his guts fall out if he stands up. You know, he basically witnesses a guy dying before his eyes for the first time. Yeah, they get shelled and then he sees Bashir take a glancing blow and he mm-hmm. just runs away. Yeah, and he runs out and he finds some dead Klingons and, a, and then he finds, yeah, the guy. So I guess I should, I guess there's a little bit of like, there's a little behind the scenes shenanigans going on here. First off, the original story was written to be not a Federation medical post, but a Cardassian Federation post. So I got robbed of a lot of female Cardassians because that's who the doctors are, you know, because the women are all. Uh, So, uh, but they didn't want to have to pay to put a bunch of people. Yeah. The makeup. So they cut it out, cut that out. But the guy in the pit is supposed to be a Klingon. And, um... They realized that Jake would be too scared of him or what? That they were supposed to survive for longer together. I mean, it was Red Badge of Courage. Oh, okay. It was, and this is the way Rene Echevarria, and this was his idea and vision for this. And he wrote it, and at the end... It'd be like an enemy mind kind of thing? It was an enemy mind. I mean, it was, I mean, I believe that is exactly the plot of All's Quiet on the Western Front. And yeah. uh, by the end of it, then he finds that Jake confesses that he uh, bugged out. And that's why he's in the hole and the Klingon right. kicks him out because he doesn't want to die with a coward. Uh, and I received Bear made him change it. Oh, really? Because it, uh, it was confusing characterization for the Klingons. And apparently everybody that wrote, uh, everybody, like they talk about it as being a big fight. 
between Renee Ajavaria and Iris Stephen Bear. Like, huh. you know, like relationships changed over this sort of forcing. So, hmm. and I, I, it's hard for me to judge which is better. I mean, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is it, ironic it, because you have a story that, which, you know, you have a fight, you have a conflict and the protagonist learns that it really is meaningless, like meaningless <laughs> conflict that nobody will remember yes. in 10 years. <laughs> and here you've got these guys fighting about the third spinoff of a start <laughs> of a sci-fi show in syndication, you know, ruining relationships and stuff. And not in, I mean, I like this episode, but this is nobody's. I, I know, but you, you see my point, yeah. just how delicious the irony is. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. This is nobody's top 50 episode of the third most famous show of a sci-fi series that's, right you know right nobody will remember what you did here yeah this it was meaningless yeah 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 so that guy basically whose guts are gonna fall out if he tries to take them anywhere that guy stayed behind to make sure that he could get his uh crew like evac'd out on a hopper basically yeah mm-hmm He's a hero. Yeah, yeah. And then the guy dies with his eyes like wide open, staring. Oh yeah. You know, just I thought that guy did a. I mean, yeah. Oh, he, he took it. He took it to eleven. Yeah. I mean, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, kid. <laughs> Life doesn't work like that. Yeah, there's no way that guy was going to be. The actor was not going to have his eyes <laughs> yeah. as wide open as possible. And stared straight at Jake the whole time. You yeah. know that might have been the direction. His uh, his name is Danny Golderin. He's like a great character actor. He's yeah. still cast all the time. He was in several episodes of the uh, Kelsey Grammer vehicle Boss. He was on a uh, Enterprise. <laughs> there were several episodes of that. Yeah, yeah, and he's in several. <laughs> Uh, I mean, all the way, like, he's in Natural Born Killers. He's in all kinds of shit. So, like, he's in, he's that guy. If you want to get one of those grizzled, hard motherfuckers, he's Uh one of the guys you go to. He was in the great uh, Denzel Washington, Russell Crowe movie, Virtuosity. Uh, And he was in Dark Knight. uh, (laughs) All right. Okay. Yeah. Then back on the Defiant, they're almost, they're on their way, and Cisco is still just trying to pass time. He's tweaking replicator patterns, trying to make the coffee hotter. They have the scene where pretty great scene where Dax talks about like her Rafi put Tobin through hell and Nima was six and had regalian fever and Aldred spent weeks in the hospital over with her. And she read all 17 volumes of casters down the river light, even though she knew she couldn't hear her. And it's like, it's, I guess that's a book they made up for the show, unless it's something that I just don't know, which I always appreciate when they can make up something without having it be like a 19th century reference. No, she was reading Peter Rabbit. Yeah. All 17 volumes of uh, <laughs> W.T. Bullman's. <laughs> <laughs> I like to read Atlas to my kids. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, like, and then he's like, Nima pulled through, right? Like, oh, yeah, she did. It's like, good, because I would never have forgiven you if you had told me about your dead kid <laughs> right now. I can't handle it, Dax. Yeah. Right. So he goes to check the sonic shower relays. Jake has his meltdown. Uh, once he gets back, he he has a oh, yeah. he has his, he has his meltdown because he they're making jokes. He can't handle it. That all of that stuff is sort of interesting. Is like like that's one of the things that I, I always think that sometimes because I believe that we've we're you know maybe not millennials because they're they're younger than us, but like I probably millennials and us too is we're when people call us a candy ass generation, it generally means that we don't. You know, we have a major epochal event in a millennial's generation when they fought over video game reviews. <laughs> so, I mean, like, like they, I mean, we're kind of a candy ass generation. 
And one of the ways is that I think that we don't realize what bravery, we read about it in stories all the time, but the concept of bravery isn't a concept that we constantly have to confront. Like we don't have to actually be actively brave. So I think that watching how that metastasized in Jake was pretty, was pretty, Jake. Was pretty great. Yeah. I like that part. Yeah. Well, to be fair, that's not entirely true about our generation. We have been in endless war. That's, oh, that's true. For yeah, the last yeah. mm-hmm. seventeen years, and there are people our age who were you're, right. you're totally right. You're twenty one right. or twenty two, and who have served like like spent two hundred fifty million dollars a day yeah. for seventeen years on war, and they've had to be very, and they've had to be. You're right. You're totally not, right. And I feel like maybe maybe that was a little bit of projection where I feel like that I don't hang out a lot with. You're right. You're right. A lot with the people that went over there. Right. Well, and it was a relatively small number for our generation, but it is it is f- for 17 years. Right. But yeah. it is sort of right. like a new forgot. It's it's a new forgotten war. It's yes. One that yeah. we don't have to take a mm-hmm. hard look at. Right. Exactly. There as yeah. much as we have. We're very past. much set up so that we don't have to pay attention to what they're doing. Right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. yeah. and I think that that That's I mean as a whole other thing. I mean, and if you want to look at the wages of what he's going through, just look at the suicide rate of soldiers. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. What they're feeling is not unlike what Jake is feeling in this in this episode. Well, yeah, I mean, and he goes back. He's feeling like an a coward, and they should all know about it. Because when Bashir, who is in the, he gets back from the guy that dies in front of him, and never, and Bashir is just so glad that he's not dead you know and he's like oh i'm so glad you're there and he just can't handle it because bashir's in the he's been hurt dragging back this generator all by himself (laughs) (laughs) he made himself useful for once good good on you bashir (laughs) right right yeah and uh and so you know he feels like oh man and the guy's happy to see me i don't deserve that and then he goes back to the guy who shot himself with the phaser and starts who he thought was like oh this guy how dare he you know kind of everybody's looking down on him but then jake finally the guy even says, you're the first guy that isn't looking at me like I'm just a waste of resources here. Yeah. And then he talks about, like, I want to be a cutter on a mining team because I'm and that's because I'm a good shot. Right. Which is also straight out of the red badge of Curs, I think. Yeah, it's been a long time. Because if he shot a little bit higher up, he would have blown his leg off or something. Yes. Oh, at the Academy, I always did well in the battle sims. And, but, you know, the way everybody looks here, I'm, I can't stand it. And then Jake is like, well, you know, you don't have to be court-martialed. Uh, you could you could go to counseling. And the guy's like, no, man, I can't do that. You know, mm. the guy, I can't I can't do that. It's like, I don't know, this guy's a little bit PTSD. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, no, it's an interesting, it's an interesting story to do at this time. Yeah. No, it's super great. Yeah. And then they're still kind of got a black humor about it and talk, it's like, would you rather be, Talking with the Bolian doctor or nurse or whatever, and they're like, "Would you rather be hacked to bits or uh, taken out with a disruptor?" And and then they have a whole discussion about, "No, I'd like to be decapitated." It's like, "No, you wouldn't," you know. And Jake can't handle that, and he goes and hides in the supply closet when the Klingons attack. Yeah, and that's when he. I mean, I guess he's, you know, that is filmed to be as as sort of as weakling candy ass as possible. Yeah. But what was the thing was is that he cut off the. Mart, so he saved people, he saved lives, right? Right. So yeah, because like, he, he shut off that doorway from firing up above them. Right. He he didn't mm-hmm. like, and everybody's like, "Oh, that was a real courageous thing to do." But he's mm-hmm. like, it wasn't really. He was just he was freaking out right. and panicking, and yeah. he didn't try to sh- you know. And 
he did, he hasn't really handled a phaser rifle. And that so that much, was sort of the this idea that those most of the things that are brave are just every uh, almost everything in war is based out of just base reptilian brain fear. Right. And so even that was right. yeah. So yeah, and they're like, oh, that was risky. You're a hero, and it's like. I'm not a, you know, and, and then, then they cut to his voiceover again, kind of, mm-hmm. I was just as scared when I ran away as when I picked up that phase, you know, one, one fear drove me to run away. And the other time I didn't, I couldn't run away. So I just picked up this phaser and started shooting it everywhere. It's the same thing. Yeah. That's pretty, yeah, it's pretty great. I don't like the dumb looks on the Klingons' faces as they're waiting, to, as they're getting sh- the rocks start falling on their faces. That was a little, that was of <laughs> its time. It certainly was. Uh, yeah. 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 Talking about dumb looks on people's faces, but I mean, he has the, the line between courage and cowardice is thinner than most people believe. But those Klingons look like a, yeah, yeah. They and look then, like a Don Martin drawing. Like they looked like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, that was. But it was really great. And I like the tying it in together with, like, I like that, that I like that Jake talks to his dad. Oh, yeah. That's something that I like. I fear that, you know, I always fear that you you, you want to have that. And I like that. I like that he puts that, like that he let, you know, that he lets him read the story and all that stuff. Assuming that his father is going to uh-huh. think less of him because he's a coward, you know. Right, right. Yeah. And his dad says, you know, like, well, you know, we mentioned before, like, well, Anybody that's been in uh, battle mm-hmm. could recognize themselves in this, but you know, it's a brave thing to put that out there and admit to admit it, you know, in writing. <laughs> and I'm proud of you, son. <laughs> and then talk about stupid looks on the faces, the kind of shit eating grin that Jake has when he hugs his dad at the end was so sweet. <laughs> it was sweet, I guess. I wanted him to be a little bit more sheepish about it, but. We don't need to get into my relationship. Yeah, with my I mean, I mean, well, we would all agree that Jake <laughs> and, and his father probably have a more healthier relationship, right? Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> they've got a great relationship. I mean, I'm, I have a, I have a fine <laughs> relationship fine with relationship. my father. We're not the most emotive. Yeah, but, no, yeah. Uh, no. So, uh, no. All, all told, everything about this episode was was great to me. Nothing really irritated me. All told, I thought it was a, I was a well paced. It was a well, it was a great episode. And it does what I like best, which is making human stories about space battles. So out of space battles. So good stuff. Well, yeah, uh, I, I was rewatch meter. This is a I'm going to go ahead and go first real quick on the rewatch meter. If no, do you guys have any other I will just say that on, when, the... uh, uh, on another podcast, people have been shouting at me for 16 weeks now. What do you want? More of this, more of this stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, yeah, I season season five is going strong. I've loved pretty much every episode so far. Yeah. And season four was good. Well, but you season, know, season I, four, when are you going to disappoint me? Season five, come on. Season four dragged, uh, in the, in the mid, in the mids. Most of them do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get to a, a dry spell here in season five. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. They can't keep this up. Can they? Back to the rewatch meter for a second. This is probably as high as I, I think a show is in quality. But in proportion, like, but inverse on on how much I want to rewatch it. I think I get, like, I, I get you on this. Yeah, I I have no desire to rewatch this episode. It's just because it's so taxing, it's not enjoyable. Do you have you have more desire to rewatch this one than you did last week, which also you agreed was a pretty good episode that just made you uncomfortable with all the 
O'Brien Kira stuff and oh my god shipping that you don't care about. Uh, I, you would probably put this more on par with Hard Time. That's a tie. Like who wants to watch? Who wants to watch O'Brien almost kill himself? Yeah, yeah this is a Jake must suffer for, for once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that kid's had it too easy. He deserves. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can only have him mope around missing nog for so much. Nog yeah, that, so that much. Really nog is. so long. That was yeah. taxing. All of the time that you saw him was just. I mean, because now he's like. I guess he's five years older than when the show started, but he's also like a f- two feet taller than when the show started. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. he's so tall. So yeah. you can't have like, you know, like a power forward just hanging out on the promenade with his feet dangling off, wishing his best friend would come back. Right. Oh, we didn't even talk about his upholstery in this episode. Oh my God. That jacket is the, the jacket that he wears for the first time. Is the <laughs> ugly. I mean, just in, just in general. Oh, I love the jacket, man. It's all- the worst costume designer for all of deep space nine forever but i love how they keep with it like at no point do they stop using shitty furniture upholstery fabrics i liked his jacket more than his onesies that he was wearing at the beginning but uh, i think that they're clearly the work of of of, art, of artists working from a similar book <laughs> <laughs> what what do you where do you guys put it on your rewatch meter real quick before we get into the the final i'm with you i think it's pretty low i put it at like a three or a four I, it's it's taxing. It's right. it's taxing. I'll give it a six or seven. All right. I liked. I I enjoyed this. Do one. you guys want to guess on the stars? The IMDb folks of IMDb, what they thought. Seven point eight. Well, Jake, it's a lot of a sheer. It's a lot of war. It's not a lot of fan favorites. I'm gonna go six. I'm gonna go seven point six. Yeah, it's seven point six. Boom! Hey, man, you were really close. I thought I actually thought Wade was going to get the closest to it. Yeah, (laughs) you know what? I'm a little bit. I I'm not going to make it a competition with James. I'm going to make it a competition with myself. It's like gone (laughs) because I'm a little bit closer than I have been. Yeah, I've been way off for like two seasons now, and I feel this is. I haven't been doing so hot myself lately. So yeah, hey. I'll let you. I'll be happy for you on this one. Good job. Yeah, it's nice. Nice to get one in the win column. Oh boy! Next week we have the assignment. Oh yeah. yeah. What's that one? I don't. <sighs> it's an alien entity possesses Keiko's body. Oh yes. Oh. This is a. Uh... Okay. Oh yeah. Does this fit into? I know. Would this be called an O'Brien Must Suffer episode? Or uh, this is most definitely O'Brien Must Suffer. Or will we all suffer? <laughs> I right? think... Two, we are two seasons away, or two episodes away from the, probably the, the most popular Deep Space Nine episode, Trials and Tribulations. Oh, shoot. Yeah, and you know what? If it wasn't for another Star Trek show going back in time, maybe I'd be more excited to revisit <laughs> history. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I don't want to watch Tribbles and Secret Klingons in, in my Star Trek anymore. Maybe this will be such a breath of fresh air. <laughs> this will be a palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah. This one, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it being like, oh, Remember how fun this was? Yeah, I'm pretty scared of the assignment because I remember hating this, but I don't remember. Oh, man. Uh, it's also the first time that a certain... We we get introduced to a new villainous entity that takes us through the rest of the show. Oh, yes. Oh, but, yes. But at all, yes. both the story pitchers and the teleplay writers, I've never heard of before. So that's All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, lots, oh. the lots to look forward to next week. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to close this out or? I guess we'll move on to voicemails. Or maybe we won't. Or maybe we will. I 
didn't mean for it to happen. And now you think bringing me back is gonna make everything all right? <laughs> Sorry, kid. <laughs> Life doesn't work like that. All right, what else do we got? Yeah. Let's do this, motherfucker. I have a plan to get us through this podcast. <laughs> no, I was just trying to. Do you? Oh, we didn't. Do you? Hmm? D d oh, have a no, plan? No, I don't have a plan. No, I don't have a plan. Oh, well. Oh, man. You I was trying to plan tease. All right. <laughs> we, we, got all the way, we got all the way through uh, looking for Parmok, and then I realized we didn't do any ASMR at all. Oh, yeah. Because it's not the a whole... sexual thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. We are. I did. I did tease that we talk about pussy strengths. So oh, yeah, that, yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> It's not a sexual thing at all. Do you hear this? <laughs> would you? Would you let a man ASMR? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, the fuck up. <laughs> I feel like whispering right now. <laughs> all right. All right. So and we, now I can't laugh at that because Uma Thurman had to ruin that movie. For, no, not that movie. Uh, but, yeah. Well. Ruined Quentin for. Ah, uh, yes. It's Uma Thurman's fault. <laughs> no, no, I yeah, Thanks yes, a lot, yes, of Uma. As a white man, I'm yeah. like, yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm done. I think I'm done with Quentin Tarantino. That was some gross ass shit to read. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. All right. Oh, White Album. All right. So, I'm in it. I'm in it. Yes. All right. White Albums. First up, we got the first White Album that we received, you know, where you break down the season into a manageable album length instead of a bloated double album. Let's see, we got one from Eric, Aerial Bass. Excited about these. Hello, friends of Cisco. This is Eric from Pennsylvania at Aerial Bass on the social Meads, uh, here with my season four Deep Space Nine white album. I'm recording before hearing the tickers of Elves' white albums because I don't want to be influenced by them, and I'm talking fast because it's hard to fit a white album into three minutes, but I'll do my best. I feel like this season we need to justify what we're cutting more than what we're keeping because there's so much good shit. So what I'm keeping, I'm keeping Way of the Warrior, The Visitor, Indiscretion, Homefront, Paradise Lost, Return to Grace, Bar Association, Hard Time, For the Cause, To the Death, and Broken Link. I cut Hippocratic Oath. Uh, we get better Rebel Jemadar stuff later on and To the Death. Um, I hate to lose the Wharf Odo stuff, but uh, whatever. I cut Rejoined, which sucks. Uh, I hate cutting it. Um, it's a great Dax episode, and we don't get many of those, but it doesn't have consequences for the larger arc of the show. They don't even let it have consequences for Dax. So if the show is going to forget about it, then I can forget about it too, even though I hate to. I cut Starship down because it doesn't really do anything for me. I cut Little Green Men, which is a shame because we lose uh, Nog for the season, basically. Um, but uh, we'll pick up with him later, and uh, Rom gets his plot advanced in Bar Association, so I was okay cutting this one. I cut sort of K-less, which I know some people like, but uh, to be honest, I just I don't buy Worf's heel turn halfway through this episode. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work for me, and so the whole episode just falls apart for me. I cut Armand Bashir because whatever. Uh, I cut Crossfire, even though it's important for Odo's arc. Um, just because it's, it returns to status quo and it's not the greatest episode. So, you know, whatever I cut sons of Moog cause fuck that ending. Like the ending of that episode is so bad. Uh, I just don't want to deal with it. Uh, and so I don't want to deal with the whole episode. Uh, and the show never comes back to it either. So I'm cutting it. I cut accession. Um, and if we can make Homefront and paradise lost one slot, that two part episode, then I would put accession back in 
because it is on paper important for Cisco's larger arc as the emissary. Uh, but I forgot this episode existed until I got to it in this rewatch. Um, we are basically functionally at status quo by the end of it, so I'll let it go. I cut rules of engagement. It's good Worf stuff, but we get Worf being groomed for command well enough into the death that I'm okay losing this one. I cut Shattered Mirror because Mirror Universe episodes are all throwaways. I cut the Muse because it's dog shit. I cut the Quickening because it's it's fine. It's good to have a good Bashir episode, but um, you got to cut something. And I cut body parts, which makes it a little strange that then Kira just shows up pregnant in the next episode. But what are you going to do? I guess uh, I'm going to fudge my rules and say that I'll have like a throwaway line in the next episode about why Kira is suddenly carrying the O'Brien's baby. Uh, so uh, I know I ran just a little bit long. It is very difficult to fit a whole white album into three minutes. Uh, but screw you. I did my best. Uh, Peldor Joy, assholes. Uh, I love the show. Keep doing it. And can't wait for season five. Bye. I will say he didn't put, he cut it tighter than we did. Yeah, I was about to say. Because he he cut, I kept every episode he kept. But he cut some that I kept more. So I had to like, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah he, I think he's got a smaller, yeah, he, yeah. he ended up with a smaller realm. I, I can't fault him. Yeah. I mean, everybody's, I mean, at this point. He kept the visitor in hard time. The seasons are so good. So I didn't. I was a dick. The, se- the seasons are so good that you're going to, like, no matter what you're left with, mm-hmm. you're going to have a damn fine season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He'd cut Rejoined, which I also did. But, yeah, he that was pretty, you know, it wasn't exactly what we did, but that's pretty spot on and for the same reasons that we made a lot of our edits. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I obviously, like, I don't have any critiques on what he kept because yeah. I kept them all, too. So, Good job. I don't know if I had to go to as tight as him. Yeah. Would I have kept what he kept and cut what he cut? But right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they're all worthy of being on a. Yeah. Good job, Eric. Good job. Aerial base. Here we have another wide album from another friend of the podcast, Stephen from the Netherlands. Hello, discovers. This is Stephen from the Netherlands calling in with his um, white album for season four. Um, I tried to combine um, episodes which were important for the overall arc of the series with episodes that um, I thought were pretty good. Episodes which I like to rewatch um, and which I tend not to skip over. Um, first of all, The Wave of the Warrior, which is um, fantastic. The Visitor um, doesn't have a lot to do with the arc of the series, but it's uh, excellent. Uh, same for uh, Rejoined. I skipped over Hippocratic Oath simply because um, I never watch it. I always tend to skip over it. Um, uh, Rejoined is a very special episode of Star Trek that it would, uh, which is um, actually good, really good. Then I skipped a few uh, and went to Homefront, Paradise Lost. Um, Pretty important uh, Dominion episodes and very good. Crossfire, um, not a lot of stuff happens uh, when it comes to the overall arc, but it's a very good hour of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, um, which um, it's about how to basically keep on going uh, while your heart is fucking broken, which kind of speaks to me, but never mind. Um, then Bar Association, uh, just... Again, a really good hour of meaningful and not awful Star Trek message TV. Ascension, um, I quite like it. 
and it's very important for the over arc. Uh, then I skipped a few again. Um, I skipped uh, both the big Ducat CR episodes. Um, I guess you need them. Um, I like them, but I, uh, for some reason I haven't included them. Um, for the cause, because um, that that's a really good episode and it kind of uh, fucks up Cisco really good. And he he's gonna get revenge in the next season to the death. Um, very good, and it introduces uh, our favorite uh, Varta. Um, I didn't do Hard Time. Um, simply, I, I it's great, but I never watch it. Um, body parts, um, simply because of uh, Kira's pregnancy and what's that gonna do the next season, and Broken Link. Uh, you need Broken Link, so that's kind of it. Um, yeah, I'll stand by this list. Okay, guys. Talk to you later. Yeah, that's really not a bad list either. I think that I like his guiding principle of he he definitely integrates. Um, yeah, he said at the outset that he was trying to do an overarching arc for the right. season, but he also I noticed that he uses his like own internal rewatch meter <laughs> oh, yeah. to decide what stays and what goes. Which yeah. maybe might not be, a, and when the season gets this good, that's not a bad way to go either. Yeah, and that's a, I mean, I always um, you know, like like with rejoined, like there's a lot of arguments that it doesn't do much to the overall story, but I was like, yeah, but it's so good. Yeah, and I can't like you know like what's the what are we doing you know right and we're whatever we want that's the whole point like if you're gonna cut yeah, it yeah yeah I mean yeah, yeah 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 but I mean like we're here to yeah. we're here to talk about the good stuff sure. you know so like that that's sort of a guiding principle yeah. yeah but there's so much good stuff there is so much good stuff one thing that he he brought up that I've thought about like since I've recorded it okay one of the things that I noticed that is that when we were recording our uh, our our white album for season four I had just fucking blanked on Crossfire. And forgot about it until it was talked about in the show. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I was kind of like, "Wow, would I put that on there?" And I, I actually think I may cut rules of not whatever the second Ducat, the one where Ducat and Dumar. I put that in mind. I may in in like I can't do it. I can't go back. But I, like if I could go back, I think I might put Crossfire in instead of that second Ducat episode. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't I don't have them both. I just have the second one. But I I might cut right, that right. one for Crossfire. Yeah, yeah. Stephen and Eric both cut out the. Cardassian storylines pretty much. Mm-hmm. Which they're not as I mean, they I'm gonna negatively predict the that I think that maybe no, there's a little bit greatness in Dakot left. Yeah. But like there's definitely a peak in his character. Yeah, there's a certain point. Where it gets starts to become a diminishing return sort of element on the show. Yeah. And I I I'm nervous to getting like i don't want to say that we're there yet no i don't but think I, so. I think that there's still some good stuff ahead of us and i liked the Dakota a lot specifically in that second one but you know i got my eye out for when the diminishing returns start happening with him yeah, yeah. oh because when it happens it happens pretty quickly yeah yeah comes on, comes on fast and i think it i think it probably changes when his uh time to show up for makeup changes on set there you go say say no more yeah but yes uh, he cut hard time too, like talking about the ones. Yeah. Like I didn't, I cut it entirely because of arc reasons, and y'all were kind of mad at me. But for Stephen, yeah, like you're saying, it it didn't fit his rewatch meter, so it it got left behind. So yeah, it's a valid choice. So yeah, I think we agree that's a it's a fine list. <laughs> I'm waiting for the someone to give us a wide album when we're like, what the fuck, crazy. Well, we have another one here from. Adam P. Newton at Drive Time. Oh, all right. 
All right. Very cool. Oh, it's written out. All right. Well, I'm just going to read Adam's email here. That oh, so he didn't he didn't send a voice recording white album. He just sent us an email. No, because he doesn't like his voice sometimes. Oh, well, I can understand that. Then he shouldn't have started a podcast. <laughs> we all, we, not all of us have the kind of voice that you want to jack off to. He shouldn't have started a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So I'll, I'm just going to go jump to without any further ado. Here is my list for season four. Not my list, but Adam's. You get it? I got it. One, The Way of the Warrior, The Visitor, Hippocratic Oath, Indiscretion, Rejoined, Homefront, Paradise Lost, Bar Association, Accession, For the Cause, To the Death, and Broken Link. Uh, This was much easier than I thought it would be. Number one, I like James's idea of yes, meh, and fuck no. My definite fuck no's are the Sword of Kalis, Armand Bashir, Sons of Moog, Shattered Mirror, and The Muse. Of course, The Muse. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two. Little Green Men and Rules of Engagement have high rewatch value for me, but they don't have any real place on a list like this. Hmm. And, yeah. Three, kind of going back to what Stefan was saying. I realize why people like Hard Time, but most of uh, O'Brien Must Suffer episodes don't do much for me personally. Yeah. So he's looking, yeah. Uh, looking forward to season five. I could totally, I totally get that. Yeah, me too. Oh, didn't mean to cut off the email, yeah, but like, I think that's a good, yeah. Yeah, season five Sorry. might be more coherent, more complete of a season, mostly because it does move the plot down the field as opposed to resting on so many, albeit great, standalone episodes like season four does. Held our joy, assholes. Actually, that email has like five extra minutes of us talking about Adam T. Newton's. He's delivered us a white album to the actual white album, which... Uh, actually, we ended up talking about more than we did about his DS9 White Album. We love that kind of shit, so s- go ahead and send that in, and we would love to talk about your Beatles thoughts as well. But you know what? You know where you can find that? On the Kickers of Elves Patreon. Oh, plug. And now we go back to our regularly scheduled. All right, Wade, now if people want to get a hold of us, how should they do that? They should give us a call. At 917-408-3898. Yeah, that's our uh, Kickers of Elves hotline number. Yeah, give us a call again at 917-408-3898. Or shoot us an email or record something and shoot us an email or do whatever you want at rulesofacquisitionpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Oh, and if you want to support the show and you like what we do, we have a Patreon. Maybe you've heard us mention it before. Maybe you, you can go check it out if you want. There's a lot of other uh, content over there. Our Much Ado About Nothing series on Frank Herbert's Dune. It's good stuff going there. And uh, a lot of other stuff. Yeah. And do all, all right. the other stuff, all the podcasts. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of The Rules of Acquisition. Please join us next week as we unpack another episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. For Wade, James, and myself, three to beam out. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line, where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes. They will play them on air and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408. 3898 that number again is 
3.8.9a, you will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are, that is great, these pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong, so feel free to do that, James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication we know you love that, again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.